0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. It's another week here without our co-host, Mark. He's still down in uh, sunny Florida enjoying his vacation. But actually, I saw him say something in the uh, the chat room. I think it was on Saturday night. He kind of hung out in the Free Talk Live amp only chat room all night. He said he wanted to come home. Uh, he misses all the snow we have here. Yeah, I guess so. It was really, you know, two years ago when Mark was talking about wanting to uh, leave here as soon as he possibly could. I never thought I'd see the day when he was down in Florida and was feeling homesick about New Hampshire. I thought well, that New was Hampshire pretty cool. grows on you. It's a nice place. So. It is a nice place, and uh, of course, it's good to be here. Good to be here doing this show. Uh, we will. I just found out, by the way. Uh, I Thanks to, I believe it's Matt. Yes, Matt over at uh, the Genesis Communications Network, uh, one of the board operators over there. He has committed to coming in and running Free Talk Live live on... Uh, both christmas eve and christmas day quite the guy i don't think there's going to be
1: a lot of live programming on the air those days but i guess free talk live will be
0: yep so looking forward to that and let's start things out here we're going to get to your story toby uh out of california about another smoking ban the next great step in tyranny uh but first we go to george in dc george you're on free talk live hello there hey guys hey what's on your mind tonight
2: yeah, I was listening to the previous shows from Friday and Saturday. And you were talking about how your website has been banned from government computers. Guess what? I can still access you guys on, on the computers here at the
0: airport. Okay, well, that's good to know. So it's, it's obviously not some sort of federal government thing, but apparently some government computers in some places, some schools, for instance, have banned Free Talk Live from there. Yeah,
2: you guys are infiltrating here slowly but surely. That's okay. good.
0: Is it
1: some the search words? The
2: freedom virus.
1: I know that um, my our my website Free Minds TV is blocked by a lot of um, internet filters because it talks about stuff like marijuana laws and stuff, and some filters cut those sites out. So that may be the reason that Free Talk Live is cut out from some filters as well.
0: Possibly, who knows? Um, but it, it's yeah. I gotta
2: be careful though when I'm on your, the BBS right there because I'm scared I will find something or one of the um, listeners posted some naughty picture or something like that, and then I well, will really get canned.
0: When do you? Uh, I mean, as a TSA agent, when do you have time to be sitting around surfing? Aren't you supposed well, to be? I'm on a
2: split shift, right there. I, I work a twelve hour thing, but I get a two hour break in the middle of that. So I was like, it's really two five hour shifts, and I work you know four days a week, right there. So I still get forty hours a week. But I. I see. Yeah, So uh, during the two hour uh, thing between the between the shifts. I got time to, you know, pretty much do whatever, which is really cool because it really helps make the week go by a lot quicker, and I'm not driving, and just coming in only four days a week, I don't have to use up as much gas, and when, when gas was four bucks a gallon, that really came in handy, so it helps with my sanity, helps with my wallet, all kinds of stuff. I mean, Right Everyone, every company should
0: have a four-day work week like that. Well, we can all wish, George. Thank you for the call tonight. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I've got like a seven-day work week. I mean, I don't have to work all seven days, but I could I can do things every single day of the week. But I guess it's not... You know, a nine-to-five job, so I don't have to be and anywhere. And it's not at
1: the TSA. It's, it's yeah, doing what true.
0: you love and being on the radio rather than... Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not really work. It's not like work.
1: It is work, but it's a it's a lot better than working for the TSA or some other uh, nine-to-fiver.
0: So uh, you can bring up anything here. We continue with your phone calls. Dave is on the line listening to WAIS in Ohio. Hello, Dave.
3: Hi, guys. This is Dave. what I wanted to mention on Friday. A Friday, I was at the store and. There was a man in uniform there with a gun, and he got outside. and I walked away, and then I turned back and walked back, and I started saying that we're becoming a police state.
0: Was this man in uniform one of the government police? Yes. And and what what did he say to you when you he told said, him that? He said
3: that libertarians are lying. Lying? Yeah.
0: What about?
3: that we're not becoming a police state, or but I believe we are.
0: Well, I guess, you know, if you are part of the police state, the more you tell yourself over and over again that we're not a police state, you just keep sure. repeating that, maybe you'll believe that it's really true. I mean, sure. it's not in his interest to come to that conclusion, because then he'd have to come to the conclusion that he's a cog in that system, sure. that he's playing a role in the oppression of his uh, his fellow man, sure. and who wants to admit that about themselves? So yeah, Maybe...
3: I- Maybe someday they'll wake up.
0: Well, you know that's a good good point. I'm not sure what exactly it's going to take. I guess each person has their own line that needs to be crossed. We know that certainly a number of police in this country have no objection whatsoever to doing things that are blatantly unconstitutional, like confiscating firearms, as we saw some of them do after Hurricane Katrina, and I think it was the tornado, one of the tornadoes in uh, in Kansas. So we know that people are willing to follow blatantly unconstitutional orders. I Isn't guess the there a question is just.
3: Like you mentioned before.
0: What about LEAP, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition? Yeah. What was your question?
3: What's his name? I forgot.
0: Well, there are several people involved with LEAP. I mean, it's, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of members of LEAP, so I'm not sure. You mean the, the active duty uh, officer?
3: No, the one uh retired, or, or maybe the one he's called and he said he's had trouble with he had to do with his duty, but he had trouble with busting people for drugs.
0: That might be Bradley Jardis he's the huh? current uh, he's the current active duty member of huh? law enforcement against prohibition and actually somebody sent me an email to say there's apparently now another active duty member of law enforcement against huh? prohibition. I'm not sure uh, That's awesome. I don't have the email in front of me, it's, so I'm not sure where, but apparently Brad's not the only one. There's plenty of retired ones, plenty
1: of people yes. who have retired from the force, but not so many active-duty ones. You've, you have to have quite the kahunas to be an active-duty member of law enforcement and um, be a member of law enforcement against prohibition, because your colleagues are, aren't are exactly going to be very friendly to you most of the time.
0: Dave, thank Thanks. you for the call right, t- tonight. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231, kind of interesting hearing what a police officer has to say about the accusation that this is a police state.
1: I wonder if other people have said that. I mean, he said uh, libertarians are lying. Did he tell yeah. me he was a libertarian, or does he just I don't know. assume that if someone thinks
0: it's a police state? I don't uh, know. The, another good question. Let's go to Paula. Maybe she has the answers for us. Paula in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby.
4: Hi. I just want to say something about this police state. It's unconstitutional, and it's also treason.
0: What would happen, Paula... If they decided to get together and change the constitution to make the police state constitutional, would you be honest? They better
4: not even think about it. But wait,
0: would would that make it okay if it was constitutional?
4: They're they're not going to do any such thing. Well,
0: now wait a minute, Paula. I don't know about that. Uh, Rumor rumor has it that there are around thirty or thirty two states that have uh, essentially anteed up for a constitutional convention, and they apparently only need. They apparently only need a couple more states to get on board in order to do this, and if that happens, then, then you know that they can go in and they can change virtually anything they want to. So if well, they... the
4: thing is we have to stop them before this happens. You've got to take them out of office.
0: Well, because that's a, they're going a nice to idea, the
4: Constitution, and they took a vow to protect the Constitution, so they need to be removed law. but right the
0: reality, now. Paula, is that most most people voting vote for the incumbent. I mean, the incumbent reelection rate is still I think, in the ninetieth percentile, so I well, mean it's one thing to up. say that we need to get them out of office. It's another thing to convince people to actually do that.
4: Well, they just all they have to do is call the U.S. Attorney General's office, and they will walk into their office, and they will remove them from their office.
0: Wait, you just make a phone call, and you can.
4: You you, mm-hmm. you make a report, you know, from your state, <laughs> and let them know about what your representative is doing. He has to. This is part of his job. He has to do this.
0: Well, wait a minute. Just because you make a report on no, a not representative. a report.
4: That if you know, I mean specifically that they're going against the Constitution, they can be removed from their job.
0: Well, just because they can be removed doesn't mean that they actually will be removed. I mean, these people have been doing unconstitutional things. for. Let's put this in perspective. The people in Washington, D.C. have been doing unconstitutional things for my entire lifetime uh, and probably far long beyond that. So, I mean, clearly nobody has been ejected from office at this point. I'll
4: give you an example. When they they did this surveillance bill the first time, I called up there and I threatened to have Nancy thrown out for her job and also, you know, be in big trouble for what she's done. So they had to redo it, and they put constitutional rights in there.
0: So you're and saying I mean, just be. <laughs> my it started- still seems you are, unconstitutional You domain. are the most influential <laughs> woman in Washington, D.C., and you don't even party. live in D.C. Paula, you're awesome. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You believe her, right? It's amazing. <laughs> the latest in the smoking ban situation coming out of California. We'll share that with you here in moments and take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They are right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Totally free, going back for an entire year. So enjoy at freetalklive.com. Plus, if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need SACL CAI. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That, again, is SACL, C-A-I. So uh, we continue here, Toby, with a story from California, where I think all of the smoking ban madness actually began. Wasn't it California that started all of this years and years ago? It was the
1: roots way back in the 90s, and the same town that started the smoking ban is at it again. Uh, Outdoor smoking ban under consideration in St. Louis Obispo, NBC affiliate KSBY reporting. First smokers
0: were banned from lighting up inside. Now Saint Louis, I just lost your microphone. Hang on a second. It looks like we're still on the air, so keep going. <laughs> That's uh, no, you're all right. Your mic's all right. I think something oh, is something is okay. screwing. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> keep going. I,
1: here I'll start over. Here, I'm not sure where I got cut off. First, smokers were banned from lighting up inside. Now Saint Louis, Abaspo considers putting a stop to smoking outside. In 1990, the city passed a ban on smoking in public buildings, including bars and restaurants. It was the first of its kind in the country. California adopted a statewide law in 1994, adding bars to that list four years later. San Luis Obispo City Council members are considering a ban on outdoor smoking in public places. It is an issue that has some smokers fuming. It's a little ridiculous, honestly. It's a free choice that that all people should have. It's kind of like banning drinking, said smoker Janine Thompson. Complaints to the city council about secondhand smoke and litter from cigarette butts is prompting the council members to take action. All the police in the downtown are now going to be focusing on trying to catch people smoking downtown. That just seems like a bit of waste of government funds, in my opinion, said Thompson. Mayor Dave Romero thinks something needs to be done. There are still problems with cigarettes, there are people who are still susceptible to smoke. And we have complaints," said the mayor. Uh,
0: well, somebody's complaining. We've got to crack down on freedom.
1: Something done, exactly, because someone doesn't like the secondhand smoke. So yep. it's the city council's job to do something about this. The mayor wants the city council to consider all possibilities, which could include banning smoking in parks, playgrounds, sidewalks, and streets, or maybe even something as broad as a citywide ban in all oh my public gosh. places
0: everything wow. is I know it I mean and so this is on the table they have not yet uh, come up with the actual ordinance
1: no they're case. they're thinking up what exactly should be done because you know they have wow. complaints Right. Some people that some some people don't like secondhand smoke, so something must be done. We got to pass like, a law.
0: I don't like the color brown, personally. I think we should just go ahead and and ban everything that's brown too. While we're at it,
1: well, don't worry. The mayor doesn't want to go too far. He says everything is a compromise. Finally, some kind of a balance, and we'll come up with something that maybe nobody is happy with, but at least it's a middle, the middle ground somewhere. Said Romero. What is? It, <laughs> it just baffles my The middle ground mind. apparently
0: keeps moving, and because the middle ground was somewhere else back in the 90s when they first came up with the smoking ban, and now apparently that's not middle ground enough. Now the middle ground has to continually be pushed toward more tyranny. It seems
1: the middle ground to me would be allowing bars and restaurants to choose uh, whether they're going to be smoking or non-smoking, and some will choose to be smoking, some will choose to be non-smoking, and that seems to me the middle ground. The mayor believes the middle ground is somewhere around banning smoking in all public places.
0: Well, this is one of the, the, you know, it's another example of the tragedy of the commons, the idea that if some place is public, it's owned by everyone at the same time owned by no one, and so these men and women calling themselves government come in there, and they declare that they own the public places. And, well, if you disagree, too bad. They've got men with guns who will hurt you. And so they just come up with all kinds of arbitrary rules about how those public grounds will be taken care of. And the fact is those public places would be better taken care of if they were privately owned. And just because something's privately owned doesn't mean it's not open to the public. So we could still very easily have nice, pleasant parks and things like that that people could go to if, um, with private ownership. And Absolutely. then the private owners would be able to set whatever policies they wanted. So, for instance, I mean, I'm just thinking about the place where we live. There's a downtown and there are parks that are also around town uh, scattered about the place. The parks could all be owned by various different groups. I mean, right now, a lot of volunteer organizations take care of some of the mm-hmm. government parks. So it wouldn't be that hard to transfer ownership to those organizations. Just let them have total control over the the property. Uh, and then as far as downtown is concerned, the property owners down there could very easily – somebody could be sold the, the the little public areas, and the, the business owners could have uh, – the, the people that own the buildings could have the sidewalks and the roads out in front of them essentially deeded over to them, and they could be responsible for taking care of their own little piece. And so if you didn't want people smoking on your sidewalk out in front of your business, then you could make that rule for your private property. Let everybody decide for themselves. That's what the marketplace solution would be, would be to just all of the various different actors and the participants in the marketplace would make their own decisions as to what the rules would be on their property, and then each individual would get to decide for themselves which property – which owners, which businesses, they want to patronize. So it would all end up working out the way the marketplace desired. In the case of California, in this case, and and inevitably the other cases that will follow, because we always see the bureaucracies copying one another, so as soon as the first outdoor smoking ordinance goes into place, you can expect to see it pop up somewhere else. So just because this is in California doesn't mean that you are safe from it if you live in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, this is where it all started back 18 years ago, almost 19 years ago. It started in the same exact town, and I think that... Back when it started in 1990 with the first indoor smoking ban in bars and restaurants, no one ever thought that it would spread throughout the entire country. Now almost is uh, under uh, has banned smoking in bars and restaurants. I mean, there's probably some po- pockets that are still free, but I don't think anyone imagined that it would go this far. Back in the 1970s when they first banned smoking on airplanes, did anyone think that it would get get to bars and restaurants? Of course not. I or mean, to the airports themselves. <laughs> right. Or it's just Spreading yeah. out further and further, and like you said, allowing uh, uh, privatizing these areas and allowing the business owners or the landowners uh, to decide on their own—that would be the true middle. And allow yeah. uh, try allowing individuals who own property to make their own choices about what they're allowing on their property would be the true middle ground.
0: You know, one of the problems with that is that the or with our current system is that some entities, some private businesses, they are scared. Uh, For instance, we had a smoking ban pass, I think it was a couple years ago now, here in New Hampshire. And there were some private businesses that, like, uh, one of them is Margaritas, it's a Mexican chain. And they were advocating for the smoking ban because, well, they would have liked to have banned smoking in their business. But they understood that if they banned smoking, then some of their business, like their bar business, was going to transfer to their competition who would allow smoking. And so in order to level the playing field... Uh, Meaning to force all their competition to have the exact same rules they do. They supported the government coming down with the smoking ban. It's disgusting. It it is. And it's just fear. Basically what these people are saying is that uh, we can't compete on our own. We can't offer a good enough product or a good enough service in a configuration that we want to offer it and actually make money on it. Which I don't believe for a moment. I think that places that don't have smoking can still do a fine uh, clip of business. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to prove they listened to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That Shrine dot com and you know that email's not secure, but hey, privacy's dead anyway, right? Wrong. Introducing privacyharbor.com. It's an easy-to-use, secure email alternative. Sign up for a free account today. Privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. So, would love to have your comments on the next great step, or the next tyrannical step, the next inevitable step, perhaps, in the realm of the smoking ban. It's been, uh, uh, what, you say, since the early 90s, Toby, that these things have been around? Well, the first
1: one was passed in 1990, so just going on 19 years now since the first smoking ban ever took place in California.
0: And now here we are, almost two decades later, where San Luis Obispo is looking at an outdoor smoking ban, and they are taking proposals, and they're so nice. They're going to actually allow the public... An opportunity to comment here, according to the MSNBC article on this, so you'll have the chance to go and tell them how you feel. Oh, of course, that'll make everything
1: all better. And, you know, it's going to be the people who are going and commenting on this. I'm sure that some business owners who are going to be hurt by such things, uh, the article I was reading was talking about one business owner who has an outdoor smoking patio, uh, since they banned smoking in his bar. He, he got a restaurant that has an outdoor p- patio where people can yeah. smoke, and um, that's the main reason he bought the establishment. So now they're going to be shutting that down. So you'll have those people who are coming out and speaking against this, but you're also going to have the status coming out who Really want to be able to control everybody's oh, lives. Yeah. They
0: hate smokers. They hate smokers, and they're willing to do whatever they can. They're willing to organize in whatever ways that they can to put a stop to you having the opportunity to put something that might be somewhat dangerous into your body.
1: Right. And their complaints are that there's too many smokers on the sidewalk. They're littering their cigarette butts and blah, blah, blah. But let's Isn't look that in...
0: problem created by right. the smoking ban?
1: Let's look into uh, why there are so many smokers on the sidewalk and why they're putting their cigarette butts on the sidewalk instead of the ashtrays. Well, mm-hmm. they had a place to smoke inside, away from the public, right. where
0: it was perfectly okay to smoke. It was allowed. They had ashtrays on the table. Right. And those places... <laughs> The places where they were allowed to smoke, you as a non-smoker, if you're somebody that's concerned about secondhand smoke, and there's really no reason to be concerned about secondhand smoke, it's BS basically, the whole idea that it's somehow significantly dangerous, but if you're concerned about it, you made the choice – By grabbing the handle on the door to the business and opening the door and stepping inside, smelling that there was smoke indoors and continuing to stay there. Nobody was forcing you to go into that bar or that restaurant that allowed smoking. You could very easily have turned around, walked out picked up the phone later, called the, uh, called the manager, because remember, secondhand smoke, you're, you're very afraid of it, so you wouldn't stay in the establishment to complain. You'd call the manager and complain to them and say, hey, I was going to come into your establishment today, but I smelled smoke, and I don't like secondhand smoke, so you'll never have my business, buddy, click. You know, you could do that, and that would actually – of course, that would actually take some effort. You know, that would actually mean that you'd have to – Oh I don't know spend a little time communicating to the various businesses and telling them how you feel about their product and their service why bother doing that when you could just go to the gangsters calling themselves government the violent monopoly and you could ask them to take care of the problem for you and just across the board makes it make it so nobody can do these things and and as you're saying Toby completely drive the habit that you find so dis- distasteful into your view. Yep. Drive it outdoors to where you can see it every single street you're walking down that happens to have uh, a formerly smoking establishment on it.
1: Yeah, you can see it. I mean, here in Keene, New Hampshire, since they uh, passed their smoking ban, you can w- go down the street where all the bars are are on Main Street, and there's oftentimes little crowds of people uh, huddling mm-hmm. around. Now it's freezing it's cold out, yeah. uh, smoking cigarettes. And they normally would be inside the bar <laughs> off Sometimes the bar owner is smoking right along with them with an ashtray right there to put their cigarette butt out there. And now I'm not saying that it's okay to litter. I don't think that's okay. But let's look at where the problem started in the first place. It's the government intrusion into business owners' own property and telling them that they can't allow people to smoke in their bars. That's what created the problem of the smokers on the street. I also don't think that there should absolutely be any law against people smoking on the street, but as you said, Ian and already talked about it, that's a property rights issue in public property, and the fact that we have this public property is the problem in the first place.
0: And it's such a continual slap in the face for these business owners that in many cases have jumped through just an an unimaginable amount of hoops in order to continue doing their business in the way they wanted to, out, uh, despite all the government rules. So prior to the complete indoor smoking bans, some businesses actually went ahead and invested in, uh, because they got complaints for the, from their customers, they went ahead and invested in um, these smoking filtering systems where they would have a special smoking area for their customers. And then, essentially, there was this expensive fan uh, exhaust system and filtering system for the smoke over there to where uh, the other side of the restaurant or whatever would not be affected by the the smoking side. I mean, there are businesses that spent thousands of dollars yeah, essentially actually, retrofitting to make it so that people could come and smoke and people could enjoy themselves without smelling smoke. And then once the uh, the smoking indoor ban went into effect... All of that money that they spent was just completely worthless.
1: And that's a a good chunk of money. I think that in some cases, uh, some of the restaurants and bars around here were spending $30,000 on these ventilation systems that were obsolete a year and a half later. And was the government going to pay them back for those ventilation systems that they forced them to implement if they wanted to have smoking in their restaurant? No. Nope. And even and, if they did, it would be coming out of the
0: taxpayers' wallet, anyways. Well, but. they could they could credit them on their property taxes and kind of pay it back nice. that way. But it's like you say, no, there's no way the government's going to do that. They have no obligation to uh, to treat anybody fairly. They just do what they want,
1: and it's uh, it's these. Clearly, it seems to me that the people who are going out and trying to create a law against something like this, rather than talking to people, uh, I'm sure that these people who are so offended by the cigarette smokers never would say anything to someone who's actually smoking a cigarette. They, they'd walk by oh, that yeah. person and then well, that would call courage. the mayor. Right? It seems yeah. so passive aggressive to me to try to pass a law against something or or rat someone out to the police for something rather than simply just going up to that person and being like, I saw that you put threw your cigarette butt on the ground, could you please pick it up?
0: Well, you know, Toby, we've been trained. Uh, when When we go to the government education or the government indoctrination centers, they train you. To believe that if you want something done in society, the way to achieve it is to change the laws, is, the, is to get elected and to lobby your representatives and to have a new law created or a law removed. Of course, that barely ever happens. Have a new law created to regulate what behavior you want to regulate. I mean, we've got government, edu- government classrooms where young people in elementary school are being asked to write an essay, not on what they did last summer, but on what their best, you know, what their proposed law is. What law would you like to see passed? These are some of the the questions that the young people in the government schools are being asked to write about. Yeah, that's so,
1: routinely they're being asked such right, things.
0: So they're being trained to think in the mindset of, well, okay, I've identified this problem with whatever, your behavior or society or business or whatever the issue is. I have identified this problem, and now, because of my training, I will act toward banning the problem. I will act toward restricting the people who would engage in that whatever it is i perceive as a problem so people naturally go to this they don't even think for a moment about contacting the management and telling them how they feel or setting up a boycott or going and doing something in the marketplace to affect change on a voluntary basis using the the tools and the power of persuasion to bring people over to your viewpoint they don't even that doesn't even cross many people's minds they just oh there ought to be a law. There ought to be a law. It's just so—it's so American for people to say there ought to be a law when they feel like something's wrong, and it's a sickness.
1: And we've been—we've created all these laws over the year. We're so micromanaged that if—if if we actually enforced every law we had, we wouldn't be able to leave our homes.
0: It—it it, uh, it never ends either because there's always somebody else with some great new law that they want to propose here. And so apparently, California's San Luis Obispo looking at. A total outdoor smoking ban. It hasn't happened yet, but we'll let you know. 800-259-9231. Are you in favor of smoking bans? This is Free Talk Live.
5: Next next break.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Oh, hey, my mic was on. (laughs) Technical difficulties here in the studio tonight. Uh, I think we've got a bad cable, so we'll work on ironing that out here, but uh, we'll continue through this next segment. one eight hundred two five nine That is the Sekel CAI toll-free line. Uh, we've been talking about this smoking ban. I'm being told that you don't actually pronounce it San Luis Obispo. It's San Luis, apparently. San I, I don't know. I thought Louis was... Some different Spanish way to say it. I am, I'm never going to get it right. What do I, do I mispronounce know? all the words. Actually, it was me. I, th- I was mispronouncing it. So San Luis Obispo looking at an outdoor ban on smoking, and we want to hear what you think. Are you somebody who's in favor of a smoking ban? Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. It's been a while since we've had a smoking banner on the program. Uh, So want to hear from you there, and of course also you're welcome to join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do so by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on as many radio stations as possible around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the message of freedom. So hop on to the AMP program for 3 bucks a month. And you can do it with any major credit card, PayPal, or some of the alternative options we have set up over at amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, you get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com as we go to Dan in Indiana. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live at the Inn and Toby.
6: Uh, Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, Dan. From the modern-day slave plantation of southwestern Indiana. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Being a smoker and being a big fan of you guys and stuff, I... I could not sit still and, and just let this go. I, I have to say something. <laughs> it's
0: crazy, first, isn't it? First
6: of all, it's an immoral law. And we all know the, the old cliche of immoral laws are not worthy of obedience. It's and true. And I believe that you probably read some of my stuff that I posted on one of the websites about the jokers and tokers as far as the, uh, the, uh, uh, the thing that they were going to have next month, uh, the uh, cannabis protest.
0: Uh, good. Had, Recap me, man, for, for everybody listening that doesn't know. What, go ahead and yep. give us a recap. What what that about? Okay, well
6: the, the the cannabis protests that they had that they had scheduled for the tenth, um, that uh, Andrew Carroll was going to uh, show up for, and he was going to hold a a bit of uh, a, a narrow iguana there in his hand. I believe your uh, girlfriend said a nug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't call them nugs around here, but we're going to start doing that. <laughs> but um, but my 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 idea was to uh, have jokers and tokers. The yeah. jokers would be people that would have uh, fake weed and. And uh you know cigarettes or whatever stuff that would look like if they just jammed their uh, their bongs and, and joints with uh I
0: love, love that stuff. idea and', and actually, actually an idea for... that's actually an idea that 's been thrown around up here for a while oh, it 's probably not going to fit with Andrew's protest because he is making a point of, of course, not, not being saying, I mean, a, a separate, right separate it's not
6: protest an ongoing protest I mean just have once a month and eventually it would t- it would it would log jam the system and if you let all the the oh, yeah. Know, they're going to be videotaped first of all you 're going to have very, very few of them you 're going to outnumber these guys like a zillion to one, you know what I'm
0: saying? Oh, absolutely. I think it's a brilliant idea, and of course what you're talking about is an upcoming protest here in January, January 10th Mm -hmm. here in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, Andrew is going to be, uh, he lives in Manchester, but he's going to come out here to do an uh, open marijuana protest, but he's not a smoker, so he's just going to hold the marijuana. But I love your idea for an actual marijuana smoke-in of some sort, or Mm smoke-out, public Mm -hmm. smoke-out, where you're mixing in the tobacco and clove smokers with the marijuana smokers to really just flummox the Cops and to oh, make it yeah. so. I mean, if they and, go and they arrest everybody, then there are all kinds of false arrests. And uh, if they uh, don't, I
6: would see coming up there next month and everything. They are going to be the the system. What is going to happen? What's going to end up happening? It's going to be more trouble than it's worth to harass the weed smokers. But but getting back to what I was saying about the tobacco thing. Yeah, the the, the it's an immoral law. You know, uh, banning smoking and immoral laws are not worthy of obedience. And here's the thing, people. I mean. Because it's not like they're just gonna, you know, whack a body part off of you or beat you over the head. Or
0: they'll or fine run. you and so, then they'll put you in a jail cell if you don't pay it.
6: Yeah, yeah, they'll fine you and stuff. But here's here's the thing: jam up the works then. But the thing is, is that I think people should go into to, to, to um I think public buildings first of all. I, I don't want to give the the people that that are running private businesses that have no choice. They're handcuffed on this
0: deal. Right. Okay, but they I don't mean, want to I lose mean, their business.
6: Yeah, exactly. But um, I'd love to see some of those. Um, uh, government businesses lose their business that'd be that'd be too funny
0: you mean like have a bunch of smokers uh, cigarette smokers go into city hall or something like that and start smoking yeah. I think that'd be awesome
6: uh, and, and the thing is is that it's, it's people are so afraid around here we 've had some horrible bands and stuff uh, you know I, I drove a van around with a bunch of uh, cigarettes this is back in uh, ninety eight about ten years ago. I drove a van around and and they threw a, an egg at my van and and the uh, the local media caught it on on film. And the cops still wouldn't do anything about it. They're scared of these people. Mm. And they are, they're, they're psychotic. I mean, the, these anti smoking people, it's not about that. It's about control. It's about control of you. And they love pushing people around.
0: They could care less. They could care less. They could, you know. Oh, yeah. They don't care about your freedom. They, you know, they want to have. It's not about
6: your health or anything. It's about uh, pushing people around. And I want folks to know that. You know, you've got you to make a stand somewhere. If you're a smoker, I agree. If you don't. If, you know, even if you don't c- smoke cigarettes. At, at least just right. show up with some show up with a fake cigarette that, that like uh, they had these at these festivals and stuff a while back mm-hmm. uh, these these cigarettes that or they look like cigarettes but they had like talcum powder in them mm. and they had a little red thing on the end and you, if you blew out it <laughs> it would it would, it would Put a little bit of uh, talcum powder out and make it look like you're smoking. Like a candy you cigarette. You have the jokers there. You know
0: what I'm saying? <laughs> Thanks, Dan, for the call. I appreciate well, hearing from you. Those candy cigarettes were real popular when I was
1: little. Did yeah, I They just disappeared. They're and... still out there. You could go... and Then they... they used to be in every convenience really? store. Yeah. Wow, at okay. least up around here. And yeah. Then then down one day I they just up.
0: took them all away. You had to go to like a candy store in order to find candy cigarettes down mm-hmm. in Florida well like i
1: said the the smoking um the statists out there the anti smokers uh, thought they that they were probably had a band yeah they're yeah. probably
0: Encouraging kids to smoke or something like that. Well, uh, I like what Dan. I like Dan's idea. The idea of having the smokers do some sort of smoke-in in a government building. And it's kind of it's something that's been done before, just not on a mass scale. There was that guy that that lit up a cigar in yes. the city council meeting, and I forget where that was. But
1: As I recall, it into anything to him. he, he lit no, up a cigar and he walked out with nothing. no one did anything to him. Right, it would have
0: made him look bad if they'd done that in front of everybody. So, it, but if you actually had more than one person doing it, then it would be all that much more effective. I mean, if you've got 10 people going into the city council meeting and lighting up cigarettes... They probably don't have enough cops in the city council. Usually there's, you know, a cop or two, right? Somebody's there mm-hmm. from the police department. Uh, but they don't have enough to arrest everybody. They'd have to – all ten smokers would have to be totally obedient if the cop if one cop was to come up and say, You're all under arrest. Now stand there and wait while I arrest you and call in my backup and get zip ties. Because they only have one pair of handcuffs on them, one or yep. two pair of handcuffs on them. And so – you can easily outnumber the police but it's just like dan is saying i mean you've got to you've got to make a stand at some point how far will the smokers allow themselves to be pushed it seems quite far is the answer i mean they've banned it from all businesses they're looking at banning it outdoors in san luis obispo california and remember, it'll spread, so as soon as yep. they do it, more biz, uh, more bureaucrats will get get it into their head that they can get away with it. And there is one place where there's an indoor... Sm- it's also in California, but it's not the same place in California. There's another place where there's an indoor smoking ban for houses yeah, that even are connected if to other it, houses. Even if you own the house, if it's connected to
1: another apartment... So if it's like a duplex. Exactly. Like, I, I have a duplex. You couldn't smoke in
0: your own house, because what right. if your renters smell the smoke? Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, if if uh, if it gets to the point where you can't do it in a business, and you can't do it outdoors, in a public place, and you can't do it in your own home, as long as it's connected to another home, it's only another step before they say you know they they probably won't do it outright all houses Toby what they'll probably do is if you have kids mm-hmm. because they have the other law that says I forgot this one there's the uh, the one that says like New Jersey and I think some places in California maybe all of California you can't smoke in a car with kids in it yeah i heard that so, one so that means that if you've got kids in your house they could ban- easily say well it's it's i'm sorry you're allowed to smoke in your own home but only if you don't have children there right. so they'll come in on that and then eventually they might just expand out just for the hell of it just to protect your health and stop you from smoking everywhere so you have to ask yourself the smokers have gone and allowed it to go this far Who's to say that they'll do even do anything when the total smoking ban comes down?
1: I was watching the Onion movie, and they had a little spot on there that smoking has been banned to everywhere in the United States except one room in, like, Oklahoma or something. Wait a minute. There's an Onion movie now? <laughs> yeah. It has they have all... a full-length Onion movie? Yeah, it's a lot of shorter news, oh, okay. news clips. Oh, okay. They're news clips. Okay, cool. But, I mean, it's really coming to that point of when, when will there be a complete ban on smoking?
0: Maybe you can go to one place in the city and light up there or something. Well, you know... That if it does come to a complete ban on sales and use of cigarettes, which would be a, a true prohibition, a true 100% prohibition. If it does come to that, you and I both know the smokers are going to continue to smoke. They'll just do it as surreptitiously as they possibly can. Uh, So will they ever put up a fight? I don't think they will. I think they've just been used to being beaten down and beaten down. I don't think they have a line in the sand, and I don't think they're going to stand up. If they did do an outlaw uh,
1: right ban and it went to the black market, we could see people actually committing violent acts to get the money
0: to buy cigarettes because the
1: price would definitely
0: go up. Absolutely. Uh, Hour number two is on the way. And since we're talking about smoking, we'll give you an update on the Cop Buster story. Our friend uh, Barry Cooper and what he's been up to down in Texas setting up a reverse sting against the cops. Hour two coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and uh, I must say that's not necessarily both of our websites, because Toby has his own website, which is freemindstv.com. You can go over to freemindstv.com, and you can both watch and listen to Toby, unlike Free Talk Live, where you can only listen to us. Well, I guess we do have our webcam. It's not the same. You guys actually do a real produced television show uh, called Free Minds TV. And in addition to that, you have your own radio show, and it's all available over on your site at freeminds.tv.com. Of course, uh, they can sign up for the special membership section and get some perks over there. And what else is going on with the Freeminds uh, business these days?
1: Well, uh, I think you said it. We got the radio show. That's we're now been in our fourth month now in the free talk live studios on sunday so getting that off the ground and continuing with our weekly cable broadcast station that goes out onto the internet and it's across the state in new hampshire now i think no matter where you are in new hampshire uh you can pick it up if you have cable now so that's nice
0: very cool so head over to freemindstv.com and take advantage of that as we go to your phone calls here are going to go unscreened to the amp line who's this hey it's sam hey sam in texas from the obscured truth network what's on your mind tonight
7: I was out spreading uh, holiday joy and cheer today, and I thought I'd call and tell you guys what I did. (laughs) Okay. I went up to the uh, Collin County Courthouse to (laughs) pay a little visit to the district attorney's office right before Christmas.
0: I'm sure he was very happy to see you. Yeah.
7: (laughs) With my cameraman. (laughs) Now, wait. Was it
0: the district attorney that uh, was supposedly responsible for digging up a bunch of files for you, but he actually didn't do his job? Is that this guy or somebody else?
7: No, no. This is somebody that I've never met before.
0: Okay, so and the reason you were the reason you were going to see him was because somebody um, didn't do what you'd ask them to.
7: Well, so what's happened now is uh, the the last time I called him when I told you all I went out and messed with the police and the city attorney, and the uh, clerks at the courthouse and and got them to break laws. I didn't really need to do that. I had enough to already go to the DA, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to have some fun with them. Yeah. So. Now I'm actually, these are the, this is the district attorney who presents criminal complaints to the grand jury, and the clerk of the court uh, that that's the, that impanels the, uh, the grand jury is in this building. This is the group that runs all that. So that's where these complaints really need to go to, as well as some of those information requests. Okay. Okay. So... Uh, and this is also, I did a video a long time ago called uh, Jury on Jury Nullification, or Jury Obligation, I think is what I called it. And this was the exact same building where I was filming inside. We go in this time with my cameras, and immediately the guy says, no cameras in the uh, in the building.
0: Mm-hmm. You How have many cameras did you have? Just one. Okay.
7: So I, um, I start talking to him and ask for his name and, and information and all that.
0: And this is on camera. You still haven't turned it off yet, right?
7: Right, no, okay. we're still rolling. And uh, he, let's see, he tells me it's a commissioner's order. And I said, well, the commissioner, you know, he, he can't make up laws. That, that's not the way your system works. Um, and that's really what he's doing, and it's in violation of my right to the free press. Are you going to deny me in my right? And, you know, he didn't really want to answer that, but he said no cameras in. So <clears throat> I had my camera guy just kind of wait over in the corner outside of the security area And I went through. Well, his buddies there at the uh, security desk weren't too happy with uh, what what I said to him. And one of them wasn't really smiling, so I said something to him to kind of rile him up a little bit. I don't remember what it was. But uh, he looked back at me, and uh, he said, "Uh, is there a problem here? And I said, "Uh, are you looking for a problem? (laughs) And he goes, uh, do you have a problem? I said, yes, I do. I don't know where the district attorney's office is. Can you point me in the right direction? Mm. Directly above us. Mm. <laughs> so I go up the stairs. I get up there. But you're by yourself at
0: this point, right?
7: I'm by myself without the camera, but I was mic'd up. Okay. <laughs> I put my – well, I don't want to go into details, but anyway, I, I was mic'd up wirelessly back out to the car and uh, captured the whole conversation. So it's nice. excellent.
0: And he I had no do. idea, right? Because you can do that in Texas.
7: Yeah, they they don't have to be uh, – it's only one party to the conversation. You can't record a group of people without their knowledge. That's against their laws, but not what I was doing. Gotcha. So the district attorney's doors are locked. They won't let me in. She they probably already go... called up. Look out! <laughs> that Sam guy's here. <laughs> I don't think they had any idea who I was just yet. It was pretty funny. Um The secretary won't let me in. I finally, she's like, well, is this about a case? No, I don't have a case. Well, what's it about? I need to see a DA. And and eventually, said that enough times to where she opened the door. Mm -hmm. And I tell her, you know, I need to see a DA. She eventually calls out the chief investigator for the district attorney's office. This lady comes out and, you know, says, hi, how can I help you? And I said, you can go get one of the DAs. Well, what for? I have criminal complaints against public officials. And the DA, upon receipt of those, is required to submit them to an information, or to reduce them to an information, submit them to the grand jury. And she wants to know well, what are they about. And I, I'm not going to tell her that because it's none of her business. All I need is the district attorney, and she's refusing
0: to go get him. Oh, she's going to be indicted.
7: <laughs> well, she'll have a complaint filed against oh, her. okay. Or chill. And I ask her, you know, are you if, if you intend to chill this, uh, the, this. Uh, God, what was it? I'm bringing this. If you intend to shield this officer from from prosecution and shield this complaint against these public officials, then that's fine. I'll bring you up on charges. It's like, well, I don't intend to get in anybody's way. (laughs) And so she starts telling me that depending on what the complaints are, what's in the complaints, there's different DAs that they would have to go to. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll take your word on that. The first one's criminal trespass. Well, what are the others? So then I, I show her that one and I start explaining, well, This one's against these two officers in this picture. Well, who are they? I don't know. This man is the one that was trespassing on my property. And uh, she goes, well, did you call the Plano police? I said, yeah, I sure did. These two guys (laughs) came out, and they refused to uh, go after them, investigate, fill out a report. Um, Right, because it all started
0: when a guy, uh, a cop came up to your front door after you'd uh, kept an eye out on a next door neighbor as he was being harassed by code enforcement. The cop came over to harass you. He wouldn't give you his name and you simply called the police department to try to get his name and then his buddies at the police department started to protect him and so you uh, wrote them up some charges too.
7: Yes, exactly. Thank you. And so she's try, she's starting to, like, put these pieces together that what this criminal trespass was about, this cop who was there. And then she asked, well, who are the men in these in this picture? And I said, they're the ones that were shielding this man from prosecution. And uh, that one of those is one of the uh, sergeants, is one of the the police department's uh, lieutenants. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, well, did you talk to the chief about this? I said, you know, funny, I did. I sent him an email and uh, even included this picture of the officer, and he refused to identify him. He's in a criminal conspiracy along with four of his uh, commanders who are um, conspiring to shield this officer from prosecution. Nice. <laughs> and about then it started to sink in just, you know, what I was bringing forward and uh, that she was not going to be willing to uh, to help me. So then she starts saying, um, well, we we don't we don't accept complaints here. You and I said oh, oh the criminal code of procedure says this is what the the DA has to do with it. And she goes, well, um, we don't investigate here. I said, well, good. I'm not asking him to investigate. The the grand jury has its own powers of investigation, and you know that. <laughs> and
0: she's just a secretary, right?
7: No, this oh. is the chief investigator for the DA's
0: office. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, that's who was called out to talk to you. I must have yes. skipped that Sorry, part.
7: I may not have made that clear. It might have
0: been me, but go ahead.
7: Um, so anyway, we're going back and forth, and uh, she starts to realize I, – I let her know that I have 17 more complaints and that if uh, anyone wants to – that. That if anyone wants to get in the way, it's it's not going to bother me. I will drag every one of these SOBs in front of the grand
0: jury. <laughs> yep, I got plenty of blank forms, lady.
7: <laughs> <laughs> and then it was silent for about three minutes, and then I started in about how the Sergeant Pero guy was the one who refused the open records request, and how now they're committing felonies, secreting government documents. And at that point, she told me to uh, it was time for me to leave.
6: I had spread oh, enough holiday really? cheer.
0: All right, I want to find out what you're going to do next here. Hang on. We're going to bring uh, Sam back. Sam from the Obscured Truth Network. You can go to ObscuredTruth.com. Sure is going to be fun when he brings this tactic here to New Hampshire. Oh, huh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. They include the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about over at the Free Talk Live BBS. You can enjoy it for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's BBS freetalklive.com, And if you're looking to get involved with other young liberty lovers from across the country, you can join Bureaucrash and help us fight statism in all its forms at Bureaucrash.com. Also, be sure to check out our Pro Freedom t-shirts, which are very cool, and other swag at our contraband stores. You can quite literally wear your beliefs on your sleeve. Bureaucrash.com. As we continue, Sam is from the Obscure Truth Network ObscuredTruth.com is your website and uh, those who have been listening to the show I'm sure have become uh, quite familiar over the last year or so with uh, who you are and what you do and, and, and the, the activism that you've been performing essentially all by yourself down in uh, Texas which is currently your home but soon you'll be based out of New Hampshire which should make things even more interesting where you will you will have a, uh, a, a large amount of activists a large activist base from which to draw assistance uh, whether to be camera operation or whatever it is that you're looking to do. Uh, you're going to have a lot more help up here, which is pretty exciting. But essentially what you've been doing is you've been going in to the government system, and you've been using their own system against them. You've uh, diligently looked for the remedy that's supposedly within the system. I mean, they claim that in a system of law there's always some sort of remedy. Now, whether or not you can actually access the remedy is a whole other question, and that's something that you are actually attempting to do at this point. You've got some legitimate grievances against many go- a number of government bureaucrats down there in the uh, I think it's Plano, uh, and yes. you've gone in with your uh, with these uh, charges that you're looking to file against these government bureaucrats for trying to obscure one of their buddies, trying to protect one of their friends. Uh, you were trying to get identification from one of them. He wouldn't give it up. And so you've gone all the way to the district attorney, which he is supposed to, from your understanding of the, their own law, from their rules that they've sworn an oath to uphold, He's supposed to take your complaints, your criminal complaints, against these bureaucrats and put them in front of the grand jury. And you've just run into roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And at this point where you left off in the conversation, you are with the – was it the chief investigator from the DA's office? Correct. And she basically told you after understanding that you were pretty much going after every single bureaucrat you'd come in contact with over the past two weeks, she told you to go take a hike.
7: She told me uh, it was time for me to leave the office, and I asked her if she's going to uh, act to, to secret these complaints from the grand jury, and and uh, she repeated that she was going to ask me to leave, and I just kind of laughed and said, okay, that's your choice. And <laughs> <laughs> What she told me also was to go that – Her third attempt after, you know, the, uh, well, we don't take these here or we don't do investigations or, you know, all the other nonsense that she put up to try and protect the the district attorney from having to turn in a criminal complaint against some of his buddies, uh, her last-ditch effort was to say that these should be delivered to the Texas Rangers. So uh, I I left because, you know, then she had repeated again that she was going to call and, have me escorted out i see whatever that means and so i laughed and uh we went downstairs we went and ate lunch and then i called back to get the texas rangers address i figured i'd try it anyway and just see what would happen and the operator didn't know the address puts me back through to the da's office and i'm like (laughs) i can't believe they put me back through to you sometimes you guys really don't think things through do you (laughs) <laughs> this was the secretary who had observed the whole conversation, mm. and oh man, she's like, "Oh, uh, uh, hold, hold on, sir." It puts me on hold <laughs> <laughs> while well, she probably went and repeated what I said to the investigator. <laughs> Comes back on with the address. I go over. It's a, uh, <clears throat> it's a driver's license office, and there's like 80 people waiting in line to Great. get their driver's license. Nice. So I march in there, and I said, "Hey, do you?" I find this big. Black uh, DPS officer said, Hey, do you know where any Texas Rangers are? I need to find one of them. <laughs> 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 and he's, you know, who, who are you with? And, you know, writes down OTN. And uh, he goes back and checks, and the guy's out this week, so he won't be back until next week. That's after I leave. Mm. So this is maybe where the story ends and oh, I uh, go to edit. But there's another opportunity. I can do an open records request through the mail. don't know that they're going to exactly respond, but I can get the names of the grand jury members. I can write up all these complaints. I can swear them in, and then I can mail them to the DA's office with the the names of the grand jury members on them. So if he opens them, he's tampering with mail. Wait,
0: that's a federal crime, right? Yeah. Yeah.
7: But if if he doesn't <laughs> do anything with them, then he's secreting documents from the grand jury. So it will really uh, kind of throw him for a loop, and he, he won't know what to do because they'll have all these envelopes with his address and the grand jury members names well Sam
1: worst comes to worst I think this is just going to be some great practice for when you get
7: up here to New Hampshire it's been such an incredible learning experience to go and do this
0: and it's um, well I imagine the rules are gonna be a little different up here
7: certainly and I've started studying those and I've I have the criminal code of procedure for New Hampshire and I'm gonna read through that as Exciting as that's going to be, but <laughs> but it will be really nice to uh, to know the law and and know how to um, enforce it on public officials so that they have the same requirements to follow it as you or
0: I would. Well, one of the things that a uh, one of the local activists came up with here recently that I thought was pretty interesting was apparently, Even though it's not in the Constitution, they've passed a statute for themselves because these are all their laws, and they're supposed to follow their own laws. So Mm -hmm. they apparently have some sort of law up here that says that each government bureaucrat is supposed to swear an oath to uh, the New Hampshire Constitution. And fact is, most of them don't from what I understand. So so that could be a really interesting window to play with or an opportunity to kind of sniff around in.
7: Yeah, I think that's definitely something to look into. Um, once I get up there, one of the things I want to do is really kind of get to know my local government in Keene, since they insist it's my government.
1: Yeah, and, they insist uh, make that you sure, pay for
7: it. Make sure everything's in order.
1: And I'm sure they're just waiting here for to meet you because I'm sure they can't wait just as much as you can't wait to meet them. I'm sure they're, they're anticipating
0: you coming.
7: Do, do they, Toby, do they have uh, sessions where people can go in and talk to the city council and that sort of thing?
0: Apparently you have – it's my understanding. I was talking with Varen Swearingen, the Free State Project president who also lives uh-huh. here in Keene. He was talking about how he's so upset at what the the judge did in my case uh, with the, you know yelling and just being out of control that he was going to take – uh, and go in front of the city council and essentially say to them, "Look, you need to stop enforcing these victimless victimless crime laws and make a real make a real push for that and so apparently, what you have to do is request a speaking time, so you can't just show up, you have to somehow put in some sort of request for an opportunity yes. to speak and then the bureaucrats
1: okay. will write it all up, and they 'll even post when you're speaking for yeah. all of the town to see <laughs> yeah, and
8: I imagine oh, it's going to be great yeah, I imagine
0: you'll have a, at least a handful of activists up here who be willing to come out and uh, and be there with you for it too and yeah, plus excellent. it's all televised now we've got uh, we've got cheshire tv here in town the local cable access channel they televise every single city council yeah day. not only that but it's on the internet too so yep, it, no matter true.
1: where you're at uh, sam could, could live, announce huh? these <laughs> times and everyone can watch them
0: <laughs> yeah. all right look forward to all right sam thanks for the call tonight appreciate the update and keep the good work going on 800 259 9231. That's Sam from the Obscure Truth Network. ObscureTruth.com is his website. Ours is freetalklive.com. Our number is 800 259 9231. This is Freetalk Live, and you can bring up anything. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. You can hijack the airwaves here on Free Talk Live, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features include live streams. we got a broadband version, dial-up version, and a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And I want to invite you to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's coming up in early March, March 5th through the 8th. And you can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get yourself more information about it. Uh, get a list of all the various different speakers, these liberty-oriented luminaries that will be in attendance. People like David Berglund, former Libertarian Party presidential candidate. Adam Kokish from the Iraq Veterans Against the War. Anthony Gregory from lewrockwell.com. Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land. And huge names like Glenn Jacobs. Kane from the WWE. He was the heavyweight champion this year, as I, if I remember call correctly. I mean this guy is this is probably one of the biggest names in the liberty movement. He's going to be there uh, and actually probably literally the biggest man in the liber- liberty movement as well. Uh, Dr. Mary Ruart, Richard Heller from the Heller versus D.C. gun decision and still many more to be announced. It's my understanding that uh, we at Free Talk Live are going to have uh, going to have the opportunity to moderate a panel discussion this year, uh, a media discussion and of course I intend to invite you guys from Free Minds TV and Free Minds Radio and Dave Ridley from the Ridley Report and Sam from the Obscure Truth Network and we'll all get- Get up there and talk about making media, and so there'll be panel discussions and presentations and uh, social uh, networking opportunities, luncheons, dinners, after hours partying. It is a great convention style atmosphere, vendor tables, and just the works. It's so awesome. It's so much fun. We've been for the past two years, uh, Toby, you and I, we've both been there. Free Minds TV has been there. Free Talk Live has been there. We will be there again broadcasting live the entire time. So great opportunity to meet hundreds of like-minded liberty activists and plug into the amazing activism movement that is the Free State Project.
1: Yeah, there's so much going on that you really have to be you really have to be choosy about what you're um going to be going and seeing the it's different a tough speakers choice too. I mean but that's a good thing when you have so many great liberty speakers in one place that you have to actually choose which ones you're going to that's a good time.
0: Anyway. And so the good news is some of the um, speeches were recorded last year. So if you miss one, you might be able to pick it up on YouTube later. So it's it's really a blast. And you can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and get registered uh, because you want to get registered sooner rather than later simply because the hotel, there's a good chance it's going to fill up. And then you're going to have to stay at another hotel, and that's a big pain. You don't want to do that. So go and get registered now. Head over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use our discount code. That's 2009FTL2009FTL to save 10%. And it looks like they've extended the early bird discount. So you'll want to get on that as soon as possible. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we go to your phone calls, Matthew in Tennessee, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matthew.
9: Matthew? Yes, uh, I wanted to talk uh, talk about Sam. You know, I think he's one of your best uh, call in slash guests that you have. Um, I wanted to to find out. I guess he he's going to be going to the Liberty Forum, correct?
0: Uh, yes, Sam will be at the Liberty Forum.
9: Okay, do you know if he's going to deliver like a lecture or something like that on like his activism?
0: It's a fine question. I know that at Porkfest uh, they did have Sam – Sam was doing an alternative expo thing where he was talking about the law of attraction. So I don't know if he has been approached, but uh, what you might want to do is head over to the Free State Project's Liberty Forum website and get in touch with the organizer, Chris Lawless – and okay. maybe make the suggestion uh, to them. The, the email's right there on the, the front page at the bottom, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, where you can just send an email to libertyforum at freestateproject.org, and uh, suggest Sam as a, as a speaker. I think you'd make a fine one.
9: Okay. And do, Is he going to be moving the king?
0: He absolutely is, as a matter of fact.
9: Awesome. I guess I'll have to move the king then.
0: Well, hey, there you go. We certainly <laughs> would appreciate that. It's like uh, a
1: big snowball. One activist gets another, gets exactly. another. And before exactly. Before you know it. It's, We're free.
0: It's so exci- exactly, Toby. It's so exciting watching what's going on because, I mean, things have been pretty slow. I mean, I think as far as growth of activists count here, the free State, free State Project, of course, is a movement of activists, liberty activists, all moving to the same geographic location in order to do decentralized activism. There's nobody that's in charge. Nobody's telling everybody what to do. It's just that you decide to move to New Hampshire, choose where you move to, and then get active. And so it's been slow growing here in the Keene area, um, but recently – Like, over the last two months, all of a sudden, there's been this spike of new movers where the the activist count in the area has probably about doubled, and I would expect we're probably going to see another doubling of the activist count probably by summertime of 2009, because I know there are at least another handful of people coming in within the first few months of the year, probably more in springtime that we don't even know about yet, and so it's just like you said, Toby, more people that come, the more active they get, the more uh, instigators, the more leaders we're going to have here, because... If you want to start something, that's the most critical factor is that activists move and then – and then sort of initiate things. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, there are already groups and organizations you can get plugged into, but if you start something, if you if you see, if you you see feel like there's something missing and you start that, then you'll see the other activists jump on board to help you out with it. And so I'm really excited to see what some of the, the new movers and the new blood, if you will, comes up with as far as their activism, what they decide to do, because it is going to do what you said. Their activism is going to get out there. It's going to get on the Internet. It's going to get out the blogs. It's going to go on YouTube. People are going to see that. They're going to get excited. They're going to come here, and it really is going to snowball, and it's going to snowball so quick at some point, to the point where the government is not going to know what to do about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, as the economy starts to fail in other parts of the country, I mean, here in Keene, we're still pretty isolated from it. I think unemployment numbers are somewhere around 3 or 4% here in Keene, mm-hmm. so I mean, if people are getting laid off in their work, well, think about moving to Keene, maybe start your own business.
0: Not a bad place. <laughs> exactly. So we look forward to seeing you here. Any other thoughts for us tonight, Matthew?
9: Um, I just have one... Have you ever thought about doing like a morning drive time
0: show? Oh my god! No, I when I was doing rock radio back in Florida, and I was kind of like Mister Fill-in. I was basically the part-time guy (laughs) that whenever whenever somebody would go on vacation, they would bring me in to do uh, to do an air shift. And so I've been on a morning show radio shift before, and it's pretty bad. I mean, you've got to get up at. Four in the morning and get to the – of course, I don't have to drive to a radio station, so that would save me a little bit of time. But but you've got to get up really early, and by the time you get off work, it's 10 o'clock usually, 9 or 10 o'clock for most morning shows. And so when you're getting off work and you're ready to go home, most people are just starting their day. And it's just this really weird time. Uh, it's a very bizarre feeling to be getting off at that time and kind of you're going home as everyone else is going to work. And you just can it's just you're living in a completely different uh, world, basically. And it's, it's not something I want to do. But for somebody out there, it's the right kind of shift. Some people are really morning people. And I'm sure for them, it's it's perfect for them. Thanks for the call. All right. Appreciate hearing from you, and good luck with your move to New Hampshire, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And over – you know, I mentioned Bureaucrash earlier. I didn't mention Bureaucrash Social, which is the the new uh, website they've launched, which is essentially a a social networking website a la Facebook and MySpace, except only for liberty activists. And, uh, of course, there are some conversations that have been going on over there about the Free State Project. And inevitably the same old critiques keep on coming up. And one of the, I think one of the biggest objections that people have, the ones that want to stay where they are for whatever reason, family or job, or whatever their reason, and that's fine. It's your business. It's your life. You should do what feels right for you. But somebody was complaining over there Bureaucrat Social because, well, we're going to siphon off all the good activists. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, they were complaining about that. Like, well... Sorry. Yeah, you've got, a, you've got an activist... Look at it, that's a good thing in my... It's good for us. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, you've got an activist brain drain problem going on now with the best activists all around the country deciding, the hell with this, wherever it is that they are, and... Pulling up their roots and, and moving to New Hampshire I can see why that would be frustrating To those who feel as though they're stuck where they are Absolutely, but in the same
1: time Those super activists Probably wouldn't stay so super if they were Left in the same place with authoritarians All around them They'd and burn out. That, Yeah, absolutely, burnout would be much faster But when you're in a place where you actually See small changes start to take place And more people getting on board with you uh, You get strengthened Not not burnt out from it So it's,
0: It feels awesome to be surrounded by like-minded people I mean, that's the number one reason to be here. And you can feel that at the Liberty Forum. You can uh, have, so, you can get a taste of what it's like to be immersed in a culture of liberty. 800-259-9231. I'm not saying that all of New Hampshire is a liberty culture. It needs some work. Some bet. There's no doubt about it that it needs some work. But it's a good starting point. And having the activists concentrate is, a, is, I think, the best path to liberty in our lifetime. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take it, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, around the world, bringing new Internet listeners on board, and you get access to perks. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. That again, amp.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. uh, We talk to someone who's claiming to be an original co-host on the show, Mike in Mississippi. This would be him. It is him. Ian, how are you, Mike, man? What, hey, happy
9: holidays hey. to you and uh, Toby. I certainly like going? what you bring to the show, and I'm very happy to be calling you guys this evening.
0: Well, it's it's good to hear your voice. It's kind of interesting. I mean, we've had two former co-hosts call within, I don't know, two weeks of, the, of uh, one another. We heard from Jason a couple of weeks ago, and now here and you that's are.
9: That's who Toby reminds me of. No, no, certainly no. Uh, you know, no offense meant to Toby that he that he you know. Reminds me of somebody else, and he's not individual. Well, it's inevitable himself, you'll compare I mean, people. You know I mean, I think vocally, actually, he reminds me of him. But I, I you know, I, I, I always have uh, appreciated the uh, variety of people that you've always brought to the show, Ian. After I uh, was no longer a part.
0: Well, unfortunately, you aren't, and I don't know. Uh, last I heard from you, you were living in Nashua, New Hampshire, and now you're calling from Mississippi. What, what has yeah, been happening? Yeah, I, I
9: was locally uh, based, and then all of a sudden, I, I'll tell you. My body just decided that it had had enough of the cold. Really? <laughs> I have advanced arthritis and oh, no. thought to myself, well, this is just really not the place to be. January of '07 pretty much cinched that for me where it never got pretty much above uh, freezing. And then the wind chill had it down you know, zero or below. And I, I had just decided uh, I, I need to have a change of venue.
0: What are you working outdoors or something like that, or is it just? Well, no, was
9: no, it... no. It's just my 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 body. Just uh, I've been through uh, several automobile accidents and hmm. have had several surgeries over the years. So apparently, I'm guessing through being opened up and this and that, uh, it, it has just done something to uh, affect me. I guess joint wise in a neg- in a negative way. That
0: man, I'm sorry to hear about and the, that. The
9: cold just just doesn't do well. For so me just, just so. like
0: walking outside to the car, it was yeah, uh, yeah, difficult. It,
9: it, it, I just had to. uh, I had to decide to, you know, make a change in my life so that I could get along better and and do the things that I needed to continue to do. And sadly, that meant leaving New Hampshire. And you know very well. um, I spent 20 some odd years living in Nashua, and I really do consider New Hampshire to be my home. And it does. uh, It does not please me to not be there. But as I said, you know, sometimes you just have to make decisions.
0: Well, we'll just have to hope for some global warming. Yeah, or maybe we could have a summer home up here or something. <laughs> That's a possibility. Yeah, there is always the summer and, you know, kind of be a snowbird option. Absolutely. So, uh so what do you call about tonight? besides to I say am hi. I'm
9: trying to find out if you guys have ever experienced this sort of thing where, well, generally when I hear uh, when I hear the term discrimination, I'm usually thinking that well, it's a white person discriminating against some other race, as in black, or Hispanic, whatever. But I feel that now that I live in the South, I almost kind of felt last Friday, an, uh, an incident that happened at work, that I felt like I was absolutely on the other side of things. Like, I was seeing it from, from the side of the person who is receiving the discrimination.
5: So what happened to you?
9: Well, living here in the South, there is... Uh, well a large black population I work for a major retail electronics company Mm -hmm. that um, well they they have a a lot of uh, blacks working at this particular location where I am and you know anywhere you go you always have those cliques you know the groups of people that are always hanging around one another and you know you know, you, you tend to think maybe there's some slight favoritism going on and this and that and you're not really sure but you know you just kind of just let it roll for the most part. But uh, I, I was in the process of going through the closing procedures in my department on Friday evening last week, and this other coworker of mine, who shall remain nameless, uh, he just was standing around and he was chatting it up with another coworker and da-da-da-da, and nobody was doing anything, so of course I want to get out of there in, in some sort of a timely fashion. Yeah. So of course I'm busting my hump to get everything done, and then at one point, I look over, and there is this gentleman standing there with his coat in hand, basically kind of looking over at me like, all right, any time now, any any, any time you want to finish, uh, we can leave. So, and wait, he could
0: have been helping you, but he wasn't? Yeah,
9: he easily could have been doing something, but... Um, Really can't figure out for the life of me why he was not.
0: Now, where did the discrimination come into play? I mean, this sounds well, like just a thing. lazy person to He's me. He's
9: black. The manager who was in charge of coming around to close out the departments that evening is black. And of course, while I'm running around with this report in my hand called the downstocking report to make sure that we have holes filled on the floor of where product ought to be. Yeah i 'm um, listening and overhearing this conversation between the two of them, where apparently this other coworker of mine has another forty hour a week job and uh, or, or
5: or
9: right up until almost forty hours so basically he 's supplementing right now with with Best Buy, so he feels that when he reaches his forty hour work quarter for the week he doesn 't want to do anything anymore, so he just wants to you know he just wants to stand around and I guess leave it on the on the shoulders of other people to get the stuff done. So, um the manager was all in agreement and oh yeah, I hear what you're saying and blah 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 and and I'm listening to them carry on and the whole the, the whole while here I am still walking around with my report in my hand getting my stuff done, listening to this just
0: well, what makes you – I mean, I understand you're mentioning that they, that they both happen to be black, but what makes you believe that you weren't being discriminated against because you might be the new guy well, or something like that?
9: it just what, – what kind of bugged me was just the the, the, the demeanor of, of the manager after the fact uh, came over to me while I was looking up something in a terminal because I was trying to, to actually uh, figure out whether or not we were actually out of stock on a product, and he came over to me and made some very disparaging comment about – uh, so I guess these these closing duties are kind of new to you or something. Like, really, I felt putting me down as in, like, you're a moron. Uh, you should have had this stuff done a lot sooner. Like, almost the way that I have heard, believe it or not, at other places that I've worked, uh, that I've heard other white people talking to folks of, you know, other ethnic backgrounds. And it it just so hit me all of a sudden, like, Wow, I, I feel like I'm on the receiving end, and now I can really more readily understand how it is that people feel when they are put in a situation where they, I feel that they're being looked down upon because
0: well, the good news well, is they're not of
9: the same you know ethnic background or, or yeah, or I can see where you're it coming from slinging the comments.
0: Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from there and I mean it it's uh it, you're presuming it was because of race but it but it may not have been It may just simply have been No, it
9: may not have been but it it just
0: but you I, felt it. I don't it. know how to you, explain it. You I mean, felt. I'm a
9: very yeah. un, I, I'm a very understanding person. I have friends from many walks of life, many skin colors, many religions. I, you know what? Quite frankly, I don't care what you do, who you are. If you know unless you're pushing something sure. on me that you know I don't I don't Go that way or what have you. I'm all right with it, but it was just the weirdest thing, and it was the first time I'd ever actually just had this something calling up to me from inside, going, "See, see, this this is what a lot of these people, a lot of other people have have, have you know been going through." So over you would the say years. that the... how does it like to be on the receiving end?
0: So you would say that this experience helps uh, has helped you empathize with those. Oh, who absolutely.
9: Have been... Well, I, and against. I was just wondering if anybody else who's out there listening to the show tonight, or maybe you, maybe Toby, if, if you guys have ever experienced this thing yourself firsthand and, and really sort of had, a, uh, I guess, an awakening to it. You know, like you reach this epiphany where you're like, oh, well, all of a sudden, like, boom, you know, the light goes on and you go, oh, my gosh. You know, so so this is what it's like.
1: Well, so I grew up in New like Hampshire and there's not...
9: down upon and, you know... Ha- you,
1: you know what I'm saying yeah yeah good question there, there's not many um, people other than white people here in New Hampshire there's a there's a few people of other races so I haven't really experienced much I did used to work at a place that was um, I was the only male working there but um, my college professor assured me that there could be no sex uh, sexism going on because I'm a male and it doesn't
0: work in reverse for no, a, no women such thing as
1: reverse So uh, my college <laughs> professor would say if you're white you can't be discriminated against and if you're yeah. male you can't uh, well
0: But there there are always instances. I mean, a lot of people experience discrimination based on their their height or their, you know, the the, uh, their their size. Uh, It could be the breast size could be the size of their body. Who knows? There's so many different ways people can be discriminated against. The good news is uh, you can always go somewhere else. So, I mean, if you keep experiencing this and management's not doing anything to solve the problem then tell them that you'll go find somewhere else where they appreciate your services for whatever the reason is. Hey, Mike. Good hearing from you. I'm glad to know that you're well, and we'll talk to you later. Hour number three is coming up. You take control, bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching at hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the Sacle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls. We'll start with Stephen in New Mexico. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen in New Mexico. Oh? Hey, you're on the air.
8: Hey there, this is Stephen from Colorado. I'm in New Mexico right now.
0: Indeed, sir. What's on your mind tonight?
8: Well, uh, one real quick thing. I wonder if you remember last year you read a story about a uh, guy whose kid got hurt. He didn't take the kid to the doctor, and then later on the SWAT team came in and grabbed the kid.
0: Vaguely sounds familiar and sounds believable, oh. so take okay, your word for it. Uh,
8: well, you guys read that story, and uh, I happened to be in that town at that time. Uh, I go there from time to time, and I got a ticket in that town, a traffic ticket. And I got to reading the ticket. I found it the other day,
5: mm-hmm. and it
8: said that um, I violated the, I, I, I violated the uh, um, safety. I, I endangered the citizens, and I, uh, I violated the safety and offended the dignity of the citizens of such and such county. And hmm. I read that, and I said, I didn't do all that crap. Yeah, what, it's what are you talking about? Pretty <laughs> high highfalutin dignity. phrases I didn't there. I offend anybody's dignity. Yeah. What are you talking <laughs> about? And, and of course, you know, I think they offended somebody's dignity when they broke into their house and stole their kid, but uh, that's, yeah. that's kind of beside the point, I, I guess. Too shy. Um, the reason why I'm calling is because of a discussion I had with my stepdaughter. Apparently, she thinks um, that you can't be a very good anarchist, and I know, Ian, your feelings on that word, but look, like, I'll just go ahead and use it just for brevity's sake. Okay. Um, you can't be a very good anarchist if you shop at Walmart. And I wonder what does that how, mean? How, how you feel about that. What well, he said that they, they give money to the Republican Party for one thing. Is, is that and, true? Uh, as far as I'm, I understand, that is true.
0: Um, Though they don't give it to the Democratic Party, and and if, even if they give a political contribution, that somehow is uh, yeah, most businesses give
1: it to both sides so that they get right. the bo- best from both both
0: aisles. Most big corporations, that was at least, right? And that was my understanding. I don't really concern myself with everything that every business, every corporation out there does because if I wanted to be truly principled uh, and not associate myself with anyone that associates with uh, the state then I shouldn't be doing business with corporations period, right? Because a corporation is nothing more than a file folder it's nothing more than a a government granted protection to certain businessmen who have applied for that protection and paid uh, paid the protection fee, so yeah. then that would leave me with any business that's not a corporation while well, considering most local mom and pop businesses are also corporations that would pretty much mean i'd have to starve so i mean right. what does well, she want and, me to and, do here
8: well and not only that and see she's not a she's not a kid either she, i think she's your age in fact and um uh, she also had a couple other re- reasons too all right one of the one of those was that um uh, they drive mom and pop businesses. Oh, them, classic uh, objection! Up against the wall and out of business. It's a classic uh, the objection to they, let's uh, stop. Let's stop right there, Stephen. Hold, let's hold was, on sorry, on, on the
0: second thing. Let's let's look at the objection about driving mom and pops out of business. Yeah. yeah, it's nonsense. Uh, I mean, the, the fact is, if you're a mom-and-pop business that is sucks at giving quality customer service, then, yeah, you might get put out of business by Walmart. Yep. But if you've got good service, you'll be fine. There are mom-and-pop mm-hmm. businesses all over here in Keene, New Hampshire, and there's a Walmart sure. here, too. And, huh, they yeah. haven't all gone out of business yet. I wonder why that is. Why did I buy my right. bicycle at Andy's Bikes instead of at Walmart? Well, because the Walmart bikes sucked, and they they have no service. Whereas the guy that runs the local business, he wants to give you as much service as he possibly can in order to keep you coming through his, his front door. So I'm sorry. It's just nonsense. It's it's a scary well, story that the anti-big uh, corporation people like to tell, uh, the idea right. that, oh, my God, all the businesses are going to go out of business if Walmart comes into town.
1: I remember when mm-hmm. Walmart came into town here in Keene, and mm-hmm. it was huge uproar. uproar there were yeah. uh, meetings about it, uh, city council meetings, trying to people trying to kick them out and not let them come in and it was all the they're going to shut down down shut down all the business downtown there's no one one's going to be able to survive i haven't seen any yeah. businesses go out well, of. they business. come and they i
0: mean they come and they go but they still sure. come back and other people try to do things differently and if a business goes out of business after Walmart arrives, it's not necessarily because of Walmart, because correlations not equal causation. And if it is because of Walmart, then that's a real sad statement about how they run their business. I mean, I understand Walmart exactly. has the buying power. They can buy big you know, pallets full of items, and they can get a, a discount. But there's something to be said for the level of service that you can only get at a local mom-and-pop store, and I think a lot of people appreciate that. And
1: it's not hard to compete well, with Walmart service. Well, no,
8: Walmart well,
0: service is a joke.
1: Right.
8: That's right. And, and then the other thing, too, that I pointed out to her is that, uh, uh, you know, as much as I don't like political democracy, I think that marketplace democracy is just fine. And what people are doing, when if, if the mom-and-pop business does go out of business, let's say, mm-hmm. what the people have done is they have voted with their dollars. We, we vote with our dollars every single day, billions of times a day. People all over the world yep. are, are voting with their money.
0: Yeah, and the fact is, in business, some business owners are real good at keeping a fin- finger on the pulse of their customers and what it is yeah. they're demanding and, and continually changing, keeping the, uh, your finger on the pulse of the, the competitive marketplace as well and seeing who else is competing with you and what you can do to be uh, more competitive against them. And some business owners let it slide, you know, and they get they slack off. Maybe they get they get fat and happy. I don't know what their reasons are, but they don't figure out what they need to change, and they don't listen to their customers' feedback, and they go out of business. It's the natural Cycle of things. I mean, some big companies don't stay around. Woolworths used to be huge, and now they're gone. Right. So and Montgomery Ward, Montgomery Ward. You can just keep going down the list of companies that at one time had a heyday, and now they aren't around anymore for the most part. So right. you know, the, the somebody claiming that Walmart puts mom and pop businesses out of business is just not paying attention to reality. They're just listening to some anti-Walmart spewing hatred, and they're not actually thinking. Because if that's a true statement. Than all mom-and-pop businesses that have that have items in the Walmart category and that's a lot of damn items it's almost everything right then they should all be going out of business but they're right. not so only some businesses are going out of business and that just opens up market opportunities for new business owners and you know that that space that they were in is now available for rent so somebody uh, some new entrepreneur can step in and fill that space with whatever product or service that he feels is best and he can try his hand at business I mean it's just it's just right. amazing what right. Walmart has done for uh, for the economy and And what Walmart has done for buyers and even businesses is uh, incredible. I mean, they've raised the bar as far as behind-the-scenes operations are concerned, as far as getting the product out on the shelves and the efficiency of all that, and getting product from manufacturer to the shelf to the end consumer. Walmart has really helped uh, their vendors make themselves more efficient so they can lower costs, and so Walmart can pass those cost savings on to their customers, saving their customers money. And if if you can go to the store if you can go to Walmart and you can save twenty bucks a week by buying your uh, your toothpaste and your toilet paper and the stuff that you always use at Walmart, you can save twenty bucks a week. That's twenty dollars a week you could put toward going to a local uh, restaurant and eating out. Sure. You know, there's all kinds of ways that yeah, Walmart helps. Bucks, Walmart well, helps it, keep people uh, keep money in people's pockets by keeping their costs down. You know, I've even right.
1: seen it help small business owners who are selling the exact same product. I used to. I know a guy who lives less than a mile away. From uh, the Walmart here in Keene and mm-hmm. owns his own small little convenience stores. And a lot of the items he gets, he doesn't buy from uh, uh, any kind of. Um, he gets them from Walmart, Get and here. puts them right back on his <laughs> shelves, and sells them because not That's everybody amazing. wants to fight the parking lot battle in Walmart, and right? some people are willing to pay a few dollars for the convenience of the convenience store. Look, Others I'm not. Aren't. I'd like
0: to point out that I don't worship Walmart. I think that there are some business decisions they've made that I disagree with, uh, but mm-hmm. it's not enough. To make me not shop there. I mean, uh, they, yeah, they've got a pretty restrictive music policy. I don't buy my music from Walmart. Uh, they've got uh, a,
8: me too. That's right.
0: They've got a restrictive magazines policy. I don't really buy magazines. Uh, but so you know, they're 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 trying to do the family friendly thing, and I don't have a family. And if I did, it wouldn't be of the same the same um, uh, raising uh, methods that they might pr- prefer at Walmart headquarters. Uh, but oh man, shampoo, razor blades, toilet paper, you need can't the stuff. Really go wrong yeah, on you those. really can't beat, you really can't beat it, and the fact is they're not cheapest on everything. I mean, the target beats them here and there on on a few things, and of course, if you're looking for quality uh, items, sometimes Walmart just doesn 't have that, so sure. I want to get to the other objection about the slavery I heard you mentioned something about sure. slavery, so i'm going to hang on to you, we'll bring back Stephen here in moments eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one and will Walmart stay on top forever? Probably not. If you look at the history of other big corporations and what happened to them, they lost their game at some point. Can't stay around forever. No. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, you can go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com as we go back to Stephen in New Mexico. Stephen, you were talking apparently with your stepdaughter about Walmart, and she kind of came up with some of the standard objections uh, as to why they're so evil. And uh, we kind of knocked a couple of them out of the the ballpark a moment ago, the idea that they – uh, that they put mom and pops out of business. It's just poppycock. Uh, plenty of mom and pops still around, and Walmart's still here, too. Um, so if a mom and pop went out of business, it's because they were doing something wrong. Uh, so what else was her uh, – what else did she have to say?
8: Well, Walmart uh, encourages and or engenders slavery, uh, slave labor in third-world countries. Um, they're They're not too – far separated in terms of, you know, degrees of separation from, you know, contractors, subcontractors, et cetera, you know, who um, hire children or enslave children to uh work <laughs> grueling hours and terrible conditions.
0: I am pretty sure that
8: tasks Yeah, I'm pretty sure
0: on. that that Walmart has effectively addressed this one because you know they've come up against this time and mm-hmm. time again. Oh boy. Uh but yeah. yeah, look, if she's just talking about Walmart has sweatshop labor, then that's mm-hmm. one thing. But she's saying they they have slave labor? I mean th- well, there is a difference.
8: I, I think that that she's, you know, that that's a little bit of histrionics I think coming into yeah. play. You know what I it's mean?
0: It's definitely hyperbole. I, I could definitely see how somebody who's very concerned about workplace conditions could liken a sweatshop to slavery, but it's not in any way, shape, or form.
1: But then again, are those same products that are being sold at the mom-and-pop store suddenly all ethical? <laughs> I mean, they're still se- selling the same Crest brand of toothpaste. or the yeah. same, I mean, why is it okay for the mom-and-pop store to buy it, but not for Walmart?
0: Who's, ve- yeah, who's vetting the inventory for the mom-and-pop stores? There's nobody that's going. And checking that out, nobody's no. going in there and calling the manufacturers right. and the vendors. But but let me talk briefly on the idea of a sweatshop. Uh, th- the fact is, the people that are working in most so-called sweatshops are people that have come in off the farm. They're co- they're coming in exactly. from an agrarian society where they're working, you know, sixteen-hour days, eighteen hours, however long, uh, you know, from sun up to sundown. And probably beyond that, just to to keep the farm going, and they're getting paid next to nothing, if anything at all. They're earning something from harvesting the stuff on the farm and selling it. And they've decided that it's a better life for them if they go into the city, Shanghai or Guangzhou or whatever you pronounce uh, that. You go to the main manufacturing cities, you get a job in some sort of manufacturing plant, and you get paid a significant amount more i mean it's to us it's mm-hmm. nothing but it's compared to working on the farm it's a step up and so right. the people are voluntarily choosing to do that in many cases what they'll do from what i understand at least if we're talking about china is they'll go and they'll work in the city they'll work uh, at the factory for a certain period of time, and they'll take their savings and then take it back to the farm and then use that to you know, upgrade the farm and, and do various different things. So but they're being exploited, Ian. We shouldn't allow them to do this.
1: We should, we should right. force them to stay on the farm and stay farmers their whole lives. Yeah,
0: apparently we should uh, force Walmart to not buy products from China so all those people that have jobs today won't have them.
1: They're and all very happy to have those jobs. None of them are complaining, oh man, I have to go to work today. I mean, I'm I'm sure, they'd, they'd want, rather stay right? home. Of I mean, course, everybody would. But <laughs> right? Still, they're well, happy and, to have a and, job.
8: And and not only that, I was listening to NPR earlier this year, and you know, NPR is not a bastion of free market thinking by no. any stretch, as I'm sure you know. And they they did a story saying that what's happening in China is that and, you know, just taking China specifically because you brought that up, is that the just as as uh, market economics predicts. Uh, the employers are actually starting to compete for labor. Of course. And the wages are starting to rise, and the Chinese workers are realizing, hey, you know what, I have a choice. And if I don't like the way you've treated me, Mr. Bossman, I'll just walk on down the street to the next factory where I can get a slightly higher wage. That guy's paying more money, and he's treating his his employees nicer. And, in fact, what's happening is that American companies are actually starting to look out on the horizon for the next, China the next place where there's a, such a depressed economy because the wage rate is starting to get high enough <laughs> to where maybe it's not as affordable maybe it won't be as affordable for them to get their stuff made in China they might be looking at you know equatorial guinea or some place like that the,
0: the people that have objections to so-called sweatshops are really people that don't have any sort of feeling for what other economies might be like they feel like right. well i live in this world with everybody else and i get paid ten dollars an hour and those poor people over in china are only getting you know a buck a day or whatever the sure. amount is that they're getting and they say to themselves that's not right and what yeah. they don't understand is that a dollar a day in china can keep those people living like, you know, that somebody would need $40 a day here in America to live on. So they don't understand the discrepancies between the economies, and they don't understand that China hasn't had the freedom that America has had to, to innovate and to develop businesses. And so they're kind of in, like... Their industrial age, yeah, they've got the internet and some of the same trappings that that we have. But as far as the uh, the advancement of uh, the the workplace, they're a little behind America, and that's also something yeah. they don't understand. They think they can just pass a law and snap their fingers, and then all of a sudden upgrade all the working conditions for everybody over there. It's an it's that's a natural process, content. and as you said, Stephen, it's beginning to happen where the workplaces are competing, which means somebody's going to install more lights, and somebody's going to install an air conditioner, and somebody's going to do something else in order order to attract the best workers to them so they can have the best uh, workforce and crank out the products uh, more efficiently.
8: That's right. And let me throw one more thing out. Now, I've worked for American companies in third world countries for on and off, mostly off, but on and off for about the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, and I have, and, and that to a, to a liberal, and I used to be a liberal, that's the most dreaded thing in the world. That's the most toxic, poisonous mixture that you can imagine an American company going into a third-world nation. I mean, it's, it's, it's just ripe for abuse, you know, slavery or whatever. And we had a situation where there was a, a guy there, and he acted kind of – I hate to use this word, but he act kind of retarded. He was very slow-acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you said something to him, it took him about a minute to process. So you could see the wheels turning, and, and then, it, then he'd get it, and then he respond. And I asked somebody, I said, what's wrong with that guy? And he, he worked at this firm. He was a local, I should say. Let me back up a little bit. He was a local. Uh, You know, one of the so called slave laborers. Well, he had gotten hurt on the job. He fell off and landed on his head. He fell off the drilling platform. I worked for oil companies. He fell off the drilling platform, landed on his head, and messed up his brain. Uh, He still has all of his smarts, but there's something in there slowing down the, the process. Okay. Well, what this company did, this evil, evil, evil American corporation, what they did is they said, okay, give this guy a company truck. Give him a job doing nothing. Basically, he hangs out in the office. Give him the same rate of pay he was making before and give it to him for the rest of his life.
0: Evil. Pure evil. Thanks for the call, Stephen. Yep. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. How dare they? There's an evil corporation that uh, Julia, my girlfriend, works for that has raised thousands of dollars for uh, one young lady who has uh, the family of a young lady who happened to have an awful car wreck. She worked at one point for the company. Now she's dead. The evil corporation raised thousands of dollars for her family. Who do they think they are? Bastards. More coming up, you take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything, 800-259-9231. we got another Steve on the line in your calls as well. Free Talk Live.
10: This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com, the Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS even uh, provides housing and meals during the conference. So apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, or Emory University, March 14th through the 19th. And that's in Atlanta, by the way. Visit libertarianseminars.com for more information that's libertarian as we continue with your phone call. Steve in Canada, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Steve.
2: Hey, I thought, uh, could we take a moment and think about how would claiming property work in a voluntary society?
0: It's a good question. I would imagine that uh, you would essentially probably, I mean, right now, obviously, we have uh, property that's been outlined and surveyed, and it would just be a matter of uh, essentially taking the, uh, we already have private title companies, uh, so you probably would just take whatever the functions the government provides as far as deeds and things like that and expanding that out to the marketplace, however that would work. I mean, I'm not a realtor, so I don't have the real details on how all those businesses uh, function. Uh, but if you're talking about property that is not, you know, nobody has staked a claim to, like public land, uh, I think at that point you could essentially open up the government lands. I mean, the feds own, what, like two thirds of the West or something like that. So you could essentially just open that up uh, and first come, first serve. And then we really get into the question of how to homestead uh, homestead land, and I'm sure there are a lot of different answers to that question, and if other people want to call in and comment, 800-259-9231. But some would suggest that uh, in order to homestead, you have to have some sort of use. So it has to be some sort of obvious use going on of the land. Just they Some would suggest that a, a fence would be enough, but some would say you need to have more, that there needs to be more going on within the fenced-in area to show that there's some sort of active ownership going on, that you can't just grab a big fence and... Uh, you know, essentially pin in a one-inch square and say, all right, I own everything outside of this fence. You know, you can't do that because you're not really doing anything with the, the property. Does that answer your question or just create more questions?
3: It, it seems like there, there isn't
8: quite an answer at this point. It's kind of subjective. I mean, you could just claim as much as you wanted, it seems. But uh, maybe uh, we can hear, maybe some other people have some ideas, but uh, maybe we can move on to a uh, topic. Uh, do
3: you guys ever talk about Ayn Rand or objectivism?
0: I honestly, you know, I, I don't really know much about objectivism. I do know that Ayn Rand um, didn't like libertarians, and mm. obviously they share a lot of beliefs, uh, but there's something about objectivism. I can't really comment too much on objectivism. Toby, have you done any reading with Ayn Rand?
1: Just enough to know that I didn't need to do any more.
0: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really am not very
1: knowledgeable on the subject at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had uh, Terry Goodkind on the show, and he's a popular fiction author who considers himself an objectivist, and I I guess he was in support of the Iraq War, so clearly objectivism doesn't necessarily lead one to any sort of principles in regards to liberty. Uh, And so when I heard about that, I just thought, wow, maybe I was interested in objectivism before talking to him, but after that, clearly there's – you know, nothing that I'm interested in, le- in necessarily learning about. But I know that people listening to this program are consider themselves objectivists or fans of Ayn Rand. Uh, so if they'd like to, to, well, I think there's comment. a lot
1: of parallels with the Liberty movement, but there's just something off of uh, to me. I mean, like you said, there, it's there, it doesn't come back to that fundamental principle of the non-aggression principle. And so while there's a lot of areas that I found that I like about it, it, it I just don't.
0: (laughs) So there you go. Any other thoughts for us, Steve?
8: How about uh, contracts in a voluntary society? Do contracts stand up?
0: Well, I think that uh, absolutely. I mean, contracts are your word, and your word is uh, very important. And in a voluntary society, you're going to want to have a good reputation. And if you have a reputation of a, as a man who breaks his agreements, uh, you're going to find a lot of people are going to be really reluctant to get into agreements with you. So certainly you'd want to honor your contracts, because if you don't, you'll find that people don't want to contract with you for much of anything, or you've got to put down huge down payments or, or something like that. There could be all kinds of fallout as a result of you breaking your agreements with people yeah i think
1: that contracts would be the most one of the most important things if we were in a voluntary society
0: right i want to be dealing with honorable people and so i want to make sure that the people i'm dealing with are going to uphold their end of the bargain and i'm going to check on that i'm going to check with the the reputation ratings company before i rent to somebody or before i give somebody a job i want to find out about this person and so I think that uh, with a, a society, a free society, reputation would be critical. And in order to have a good reputation, you need to honor your contracts.
8: Sure, it's very critical. But um, if you break a contract, is that considered initiation of force? Or do you just let that handle it on a voluntary basis as far as your reputation being tarnished?
0: Well, if you break a contract, it would just depend on the terms of the contract. I mean, uh, as far as what could happen to you. Theoretically, you could enter into a contract which has terms that involve uh, bringing you to justice if you, uh, if you break the terms. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying all contracts would have that. It's a possibility. How many people would enter into those contracts? I don't know. Maybe you maybe you would have uh, already gotten a bad reputation for yourself, and the only way for you to kind of work back into getting a good reputation again is to sign some sort of agreement that says, you know, I'll, be, I'll do this, as I'll do as I say, or else you can send a bounty hunter after me or something like that. And if you break that contract, then well, you know what's gonna happen because you signed the agreement. Um but otherwise, you know, it might just be that you have to pay a fee or something like that to get out of a contract. There are various different ways contracts can be written as far as getting people out of them. And if you don't honor your side of it, if you break it and you know, then you're gonna have a black mark on your reputation rating and that's not good.
3: Right. But I think it's just the reputation. I mean, it's not considered an initiation of force if you're you're
8: breaking the contract.
1: Well, if I pay you to, I don't know, shovel my driveway, I give you the money up front, you take the money and run. Then we have a signed agreement there. That would be a breach of the contract, which would be initiation of force. That's true. So, yeah, I guess
0: it would depend on the circumstances.
3: Or perhaps maybe you just never do business with that person again
0: yeah, I don't think I would, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you let other people know you call the reputation ratings group up and you say, Hey, this guy screwed me over, and they'll put that in a you know in his book and There will be a way for him to make good. I mean, if he wants to come back and make good and pay you back and, you know, give you some interest for your lost time, then he could have that reputation uh, black mark uh, undone. I mean, so there would be a process, just like how people have a process today to uh, get their credit scores better. Similarly, there will be processes in the marketplace for people to improve their reputation, because eventually, as you continue taking hits on your reputation, you'll start to notice the ostracism, and you'll not like that very much, I don't imagine. So it would All not right, be good to be at, it would not be good to be an outcast in the uh, the free market society. Thanks for the call tonight. Uh, in regards to homesteading, it's a tricky tricky issue. His, orig- his original question was uh, you know how do you mm-hmm. how do you define the boundaries of one's property? And I guess the easy answer, of course, is well the market will decide how people define them. I mean if uh, if the market says that you can just pen in an area with a fence if most you know most people that are acting in the market think that that's okay that you can just pen in a a plot of land with a fence and claim it as yours and go and get a deed to it or something like that and that's and register it with the title companies in town and that, that that's good enough, well, okay, that'll be good enough in that particular area. But if other areas say that uh, where people tend to say that, well, you need to have something going on, there needs to be a house there, there needs to be cows out in the uh, – there has to be some evidence that you're using the property.
1: Now, are we talking about the government-owned land that they have, how we'd be redistributing that out and people using that, or are you talking about that would taking be
0: the... away the boundaries of land that people already own? It's a good question. Uh, because it would—I—I dep- I don't know how you answer this one. It's a tough one, and I'd love to hear from some others at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Because you do have a situation today where people are just holding land. Mm-hmm. You know, you, they've got—I mean, obviously the government's the biggest land holder out there, so that's something we can easily look at. But when you've got somebody with private land that they're just sitting on, you know, in the hopes that it'll be a good investment in the future or whatever, uh, or maybe they're just not doing anything with it. The question is, does somebody who comes in there and actually homesteads that land have a higher claim to it because they're actually utilizing it for something? I don't don't, know. I don't have an answer to that question. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I would love to hear from some other people on that, their ideas. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. And it is Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live, will get a percentage of your purchase doesn't matter what you're buying. Used items, brand new, 41 categories in which you can shop. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. You can get it over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. If it's sold, they probably sell it at Amazon. I mean, they just have such a huge selection. Uh, and Free Talk Live gets a cut when you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, so the, a lot of questions on the table from uh, Steve up in Canada asking some real tough questions about contracts in the free marketplace and, and homesteading property. And would love to hear from some other people out there as far as what they think uh, those systems would look like. How do you think that those uh, different areas would play out in the absence of a government monopoly provider would love to hear from you at 800-259-9231.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any one right answer for this because everybody around the world has always had a government. And especially in today's society, we've never seen what this might look like. In the absence of government and how people would get along and what contracts would look like and and what would spring up in the absence of government. So I I don't think that there's any one right answer to this. I think that we'd probably see a variety of different things happening depending depending on where you're living and what kind of people you're around, what kind of people, uh, what kind of uh, organizations people set up. So I don't think there's any one right answer to this. I think what we'd see is a variety and a lot of different choices.
0: I think something we should bring into the picture. here here is the idea of contract insurance and title insurance. I mean, we already have title insurance, which is where essentially, you know, they guarantee that uh, this title is free from encumbrances and things like that, mm-hmm. and they'll uh, they'll keep an eye on things for you and make sure that nobody's going to infringe upon it. Uh, and of course, in contract insurance, you would have the ability to essentially buy a policy on your contracts. And if you're dealing with people that are reputable. Then the insurance policies won't cost very much. So essentially, what you could do is, if you're worried that somebody's going to break the contract and leave you high and dry, and you know you're expecting to have this money and you're not getting it from the contract, then the insurance company would step in. You'd get paid, and then whoever it is that broke the contract would then owe the insurance company for whatever the uh, the, the the default was. So you could actually have yourself protected from a, from somebody who's bad news by buying contract insurance. And I think that would go a long way to helping people feel more uh, comfortable about going ahead and getting into contracts with people. So just another thing to think about.
1: Right. It would be a, I, I, The way I look at it is it would be a lot like the current credit score system is located too. You'd have a credit score. So if you're not paying the insurance company you owe money, well, your insurance company might just want to drop you in that case too. So it, keeping your reputation clean, I think, would be very important if we were in a voluntary society. Because right now you can still do business if you're a deadbeat. I mean, the the government makes that easier. And I think that if you were a deadbeat, it would probably be harder in a voluntary I society. I would hope so. That's Not what easier. I would want. But a lot of people think that if we were going to shift towards voluntary society, perfect personally, I'm a, a minarchist. I mm-hmm. I can definitely see the points of view. I say, let's get the government as small as possible, and then we'll talk from there. But I, can def- I would rather go to a voluntary society than what we have today. I think it would be much better. But the doomsayers say that if we switch to voluntary society, uh, people would be ripping each other off. There would be snake oil salesmen on the streets, yeah, and no still one would be able to do oil. anything. Exactly. There's snake
0: oil right now. It's well, out there today.
1: A lot of times, the government makes it easier to do those things. But if uh, you were in a voluntary society reputation would be so important you wouldn't really want to rip people off I think.
0: We go to David in California David you are on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Hello David in California. Going once. Hello. Hey you're on the air.
10: Oh wow. Uh, I'm kind of nervous about calling. This is my first time.
0: It's alright. Take it easy. It's nobody, um, No problems. Just me and Toby here. Nobody else here.
10: Oh uh, No it's cool. I've been listening to this show since I was 16. I gotta say you guys have really opened my eyes.
0: Well, you you opened your eyes. We didn't do anything. We just gave you some ideas. That's all.
10: Yeah. You you made me think about it, though, because I always just went through life and just followed things as they were going, and I never really gave it much thought. I just figured it's the system. That's how it is. No, it's it's easy to do it that way.
0: It's easy to live
10: life that way. And I didn't really think about it. My parents and all their rules and everything, and just, you know, it's really made me think about it, and I really want to move to New Hampshire, but... (laughs) That's a big path for me because most of my family are here, and um, I have to find a job. And
0: well, there are jobs uh, in New Hampshire. I mean, it, it, New Hampshire is one of the best economies, and it it is, I think, the best economy in the Northeast, and one of the best economies in uh, the entire United States. But the family objection, I mean, family's really important to a lot of people, so I can understand where you're coming from on that. I guess, you know, it's all about you and your priorities. You know, what do you want most in life? Do you want to be around your family and do things with them? Or do you want to pursue, uh, you know, a, a, some activism? Do you want to be surrounded by people that get liberty? Uh, do you think that would be more more worthwhile to you? It's all about what you want to balance and what you want to weigh is most important to you and... You know, whatever you choose is what you should do.
10: That's the thing, too. You know, I've I've been thinking about my future and the way the government is. You know, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that for my kids or my future family and their kids. So that would be something to pursue for the future and for them. And, you know, it would suck to leave my family, but, you know, we don't have a strong tie. We don't see each other as much as I'd like to, you know, so it's not like it would... It wouldn't be worthwhile to pursue.
0: So, I, I now you have to understand. You're talking to somebody, and I don't know, Toby. You probably get along. You get along pretty well with your family, right? Absolutely. You've got great relations yep. with them. Um, and I, on this side of the microphone here, uh, I don't really have the greatest relations with my family. I, I I'm pretty close to my dad, I guess, as far as most of them are concerned. But but my mom, she is somebody that I just don't uh, get along with, as far as. She doesn't want to talk to me about what interests me, and so I, as far as I'm concerned, there's not really a relationship there. It's just kind of uh, niceties, basically, because she's my mom. Uh, and right. so so having me comment on your situation is probably not really even fair, but well, – that's funny,
10: because my life's completely opposite. My dad was a heroin addict, and I've had so many shitty stepfathers. Oh, we can't
0: let you father. get away with that. Thank you for the call. I'm sorry about that, but we are on the radio, and uh, we can't tolerate that kind of stuff. So hopefully he'll call back at another night and uh, keep it in check. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's a difficult situation I, when, you ha- when you
1: have your family there and you're getting along, but there's something across something the country greater. that yeah. you want as well. I think that I was lucky enough to be born in New Hampshire, and my family's here around me, so I didn't have to move anyone where for it. I think it would be quite the situation if, say, the Free State Project was in Oregon or something, and I had to uproot and leave New Hampshire and move somewhere else away from my family, I think there would be it would be a tough decision to make. So I know that there's a lot of people who are in the exact same position. So you feel like you can empathize with David? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's a tough decision. I think that, though, as he becomes more autonomous and goes out on his own, he'll probably start thinking about it more and more who he wants to be around. I mean, the family will always be there. You can always go back and visit them. You can
0: always call them. You can always send them letters and emails and video and stuff like that. And 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 certainly they can come
1: visit you, too. And a lot of people move around for work anyway. So uh, a lot of people aren't always sticking around their family, even if they like to. They're probably moving out to work and, hey. If you're moving anyways, why not to New Hampshire?
0: Right. Well, I mean, if you're moving for work, I mean, it's still that same balancing act, right? I mean, if somebody comes to you with, a, if you're making $20,000 a year and somebody comes to you and says, look, we'll give you $40,000 a year, but you're going to have to relocate here to Utah. A lot I mean, of people take it. Somebody, it's, You're going to have to go come somewhere you don't want to even be, but there's money involved, and you have to leave your family and move to Utah or something like that people look, you know, and they have to weigh what they want most in life. And if what they want most in life is to be living down the street from grandma or from mom or whatever, or living in the same house or living nearby, then that's what they should do. But if you've come to the conclusion that you see a certain direction that society is going in and, oh, there's a definite direction out in California and it ain't toward liberty. Uh, If you see that that direction is just keep going in that direction. It's just you feel like there's nothing you can do about it where you are and you can see that the activists are gathering in New Hampshire. And eventually maybe that will start to weigh a little more heavily in your decision making process. And at some point you'll make that choice to say, you know, I love you, mom and dad, but. I really want to have a good future for my kids, and so I feel like I can only get that over here in New Hampshire, or I feel like I can only have a good future if I go and take this $40,000-a-year job in Utah, or mm-hmm. whatever. You have to do what feels right for you. And who knows? Maybe mom and dad or whoever,
1: whatever family members will come and move up to New Hampshire, too. I mean, you never That's know what the future will bring.
0: Sure. Let's go quickly to Tim in Arizona. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Tim in Arizona, going once. Tim, going twice. If Tim's there, he's got 20 seconds. Okay. Tim, you got 20 seconds. Go quick. Yeah, hello. You're on the radio, Tim. Now you've got 10 seconds. Oh,
6: okay.
3: So, hi, Alex. Hi, Gerald.
0: Wow, you're really confused. You'll have to call us tomorrow night. Thanks for the call, Tim. Vinny in here with you. And Toby. <laughs> Gerald, not here. And he won't ever be here, most <laughs> likely. We'll see you tomorrow night, online in the meantime, at freetalklive.com.